Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. end of august which means we're about to get to see each other in person isn't that exciting i mean i Can, well, yeah i i've like the the idea of in person i'm like i see all of you right now i'm looking at all of you and I'm, i have to remind myself that it's not the same yeah in person has a pretty specific definition as far as i'm aware yeah yeah uh, uh which does describe uh how we will uh we will meet up uh, in New Orleans soon, uh, but does not describe uh, the way that some of us have uh, potentially sought new places to live in the last couple of years. Yeah, Kevin, you brought this up, and and Max, we're, we're going to focus on Max here in a moment because he went through it most recently. I did it as well, but. Kevin, the place that you live now, and maybe even the place you lived just before that, did you look at them in person before, the, as the as defined by Sean earlier? In person means you, like you can touch it. Um, I guess. Uh, did Did you look at both of those places in person? I know for one of them you didn't, but you did have mm. a um, a proxy. Yeah. So I know is for where I'm currently living. Um, we were looking for a place in Virginia from Boston. And um, I guess to back up, well, when we moved from Virginia to Boston, Julia actually went up with her dad and they spent, you know, four or five days looking for um, apartments for us um, because we thought that maybe looking at places in person would be better. And um, so they stayed with some family up there and did some apartment touring. And um, a place that happened to work out, it was, it was, it was actually pretty lucky it went on the market one day they happened to see it go check it out and we put the application in and you know we were the first of like six people but anyway when we were moving back here we were maybe thinking of buying a place and so um we had to tour things virtually because originally like well, okay we'll do the same thing we'll come down for a week we'll like look at some places and we'll you know put an offer in we'll take our time and try to find um a house because that's kind of what i imagined you know, shopping for a big purchase like that would be like. Uh, however, the the housing market is such that that was not really a possibility. The inventory was low and things went quickly. So you could plan to go there for a week, but you have no idea if anything good is going to come out of it. And then furthermore, it, doesn't, it, it was kind of to a point where it didn't really matter what the place was like. It was like, here is the address and how much it costs. Do you want it? It didn't really matter what like <laughs> the video tour would would show you. Yeah, and, and I mean, I I get that. I'm very sympathetic to that. Um, I know, and and obviously buying versus renting, with anything, be it a house or or like, you know, a citrus juicer that you see on on the internet. Like, you know, there's this there's a difference when you're like, I'm going to own this thing. I'm going to give them, and then that is mine. Um, but I think that you know, for for rental stuff, 
you know, Max, I looked at a place in Atlanta when, because I was right in the midst of the pandemic looking like June of 2020. And I could, I could have driven down and gone and looked at stuff. And I think that I did look at some places, but there were places where they physically would not let me go in and look at it. So they had to do virtual walkthroughs. I think with renting, I felt like, eh, you know, I can, I can maybe make it work some, um, but I know you had a unique experience just now because you kind of did both. Uh, kind of did both. So in our, in our current, I'll call it our previous apartment, but our current apartment, we were moving from Boston to Oregon. And so we couldn't feasibly see the place, but it's also relevant that we had never been to the city or area anywhere within four hours of it. So we were looking a lot online, and after a while, a lot of what drives apartment rentals is location. And I realized this is silly to be judging these apartments based on location, but we don't know the location. Mm-hmm. We don't know which locations are good or bad. So let's throw location as a factor out the window because it's irrelevant and pick a place sight unseen. So we, we sort of, I'll say, needed to get a place fully remote. Um for that first move, because we weren't going to fly across the country, look at apartments, fly back, drive across the country, fly back, drive across the country, that kind of thing. Um, this time around, so that lease uh, expires in October, but unlike terrible places like Boston, I think the prime uh, majority of the country, uh, the lease goes month to month after that, which is terribly convenient. So we actually don't have any pressure to move. We could go back to to bend and look around in person and and the COVID times of not allowing people into apartments seem to be mostly over. Uh, But we decided to look on Zillow anyway, uh, did a remote tour and signed a new lease without having seen a place Mm -hmm. this time factoring in location because we know the area. Yeah. And I think with anything, it's like the more, you know, the more it's, uh, about a thing the more you can kind of take what i guess is a risk when you don't do you can't do the hands-on research um you know sean something in there and, and i mean i think with with all of this i think there are more things increasingly things that you your research does not have to be in person as we're we're used to um and one thing that you know kevin myself and max have have all experienced is like the the logistical challenge of going somewhere that is ultimately a big issue is like, this is a place that's far away. Um, and I kind of wonder, you know, you moved somewhere that still was, was a two hour drive or so from, from you. Um, and I just kind of be interested in like, you know, what, what you kind of thought of, which is like, this is a barrier that I am willing to, to get over. And also, you know, is is maybe part of it is like people are just moving further, like long distances more mm-hmm. often now. So it's kind of understood that like you you take this chance. So I, I think in a lot of ways the biggest difference is not like moving far away. It's moving to a place you're not familiar with, and so like obviously moving to Oregon and to a part of Oregon that you've never been to before, moving to atlanta when you've lived in virginia your whole life like those are the kinds of moves where like you have 
sort of nothing to work from. And like Pierce, you had, you know, you had the backstop of Mm -hmm. moving with someone from the area. But like, you know, I spent a fair amount of time in Richmond coming here for visits. And Emily had moved here, you know, six months before I was moving anyway. So not only was it relatively close in terms of being able to get here, but I had someone who already lived here. So I knew like I had an idea of the location. I knew kind of where I wanted to live and was able to kind of tailor my search that way. And then, you know, it, it was, it was the case that when I was actually sort of, you know, picking out places and making the move over the holidays going from 2020 into 2021, Emily was like out of the country with her mom she was in Canada for Christmas, and so I just drove to Richmond and lived in her apartment for 10 days. And I did do one or two virtual tours, but I still actually went around and saw places in person. Um, and and it actually sort of it echoed my previous move when I moved up to Silver Spring for grad school a lot because I went up there with sort of limited knowledge other than the kind of area that I wanted to go and I just like parked my car somewhere and walked around on foot to yeah. a bunch of different places that had signs advertising openings you know and that was the kind of thing you could do in 2019 uh, with no trouble at all like one of the you know some of them were big apartment buildings but one of them was like a basement apartment in someone's house and like I don't think anybody was showing off uh, basement apartments in person in like May 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, I well, and that distinction is important. I think there's a lot of like factors that people maybe think about and don't think about when looking at specifically apartments or houses a long distance. Like, pretty common to get scammed, right? Like, an apartment mm-hmm. building is logistically a little more legit. Our yeah. apartment building when we moved to Oregon had a website. There was an office we could call. We could speak to a person. Um, what we just rented is a, is a house where we, you know, electronically and a Delvey style wired somebody we've never met a bunch of money. <laughs> There's some logistics there that like, that's pretty common for people to get scammed, especially in Europe for things like that. Um, there's other things I think in a building, there's expectations. You might sometimes in a building, they'll show you a unit that's not the exact same unit. And that's kind of okay. Mm. Cause you're like, oh, they use the same building material, this and that. But like, if you can't see an apartment in person, especially if it's a house, you can't feel the quality of the wood floors. You can't smell the apartment. Maybe the previous owner smoked and had seven cats that peed inside. I mean, there's there's little things that that are really hard to do virtually. Yeah. I, I have a friend from grad school who just moved into a new place and moved out uh, immediately. Like, didn't finish moving in because the landlord had just, like, not even cleaned the place up. And there was, like rotting food in the fridge and mold and shit Uh, you know like there there is no there is no substitute in a lot of ways for being able to like experience it in person not just for obvious stuff like that but like if you're if you are like a borderline borderline hoarder like me and have a lot of stuff (laughs) like it really helps you know uh uh so there was a place in Richmond that I had seen online and had done a virtual tour, and I was pretty sure that was the place that I was going to live. 
And then I went and saw it in person and said, like, I'm not sure I can comfortably fit in here and live and work for a whole year. Like we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Like I I was I was armed with the knowledge that like I am going into what is definitionally a remote job for the next calendar year. And so like I need a place that works as a home office too. And then I happened to walk by the place that I live now and took a tour and there was like, oh, we've got a two bedroom apartment that costs about the same as the one I just looked at. And I stepped in, I was like, oh yeah, no, this is, this is it. I, I know like you can start kind of feng shuiing around and like seeing in your mind where all your stuff is going to go. And like, that's, that's the good sign. That's when you know you found the place. Yeah. I think that that is like one thing that with, with the, the virtual tours that, that I couldn't really grasp. Like I, so I had, um, my brother who lives here when I was looking at places remotely here, you know, go on tours and, and FaceTime me. And, and there were so many three story townhouses that like all looked the exact same, you know, remotely. And even if I was using, if I got like the, the blueprints of it and used the, the online things like, Oh, put the couch there or whatever. Like I still, <laughs> you couldn't like, I didn't think that the place I was going to be moving to was going to be that big. And then we got here and we're like, we don't have, like, there's a lot more space than we expected. It's just like impossible to have that uh, yeah. like perception. And, and like, what, like I could ask my brother, like, Oh, like how big is it? <laughs> and it's just impossible <laughs> to convey that information verbally or visually, you know, over the internet. Um, and I think that's part of the thing with, with some of these. So when I was, going from apartment to to house um one thing when you look at apartments a lot of the times and this happened with virtual tours and it becomes a challenge is when you look at a place that is empty that you are then supposed to live in and especially if you can't walk around in it you don't know how the space works at all and when i was looking at houses a number of them were empty and that really gets your imagination going be it virtual tour or in person but like you need context and i think that you know a virtual versus an in real life experience of looking at a thing is um you are are it's always going to be a challenge because while imagination is is good if there's an emptiness if you don't have the context it's really harmful and that leads to the other thing with this is we kind of focused on like some of the most important things the most important purchases which is um you know apartments or, or a place to live um but i think about like where does the virtual like introduction to a product like where does that go back to like the first instance is this is catalogs and we've talked before about like my affinity for the ll bean fall catalogs which it's coming soon part of that is there is still an imagination aspect when you see something in a catalog or or you do the thing like home depot does now where it's like see what it would look like in your room but you do get the context when someone has a pair of pants on or that kid has on those shoes or something like that. You are getting a context. It is not just, I mean, there are plenty of instances where it's just folded shirts, but you know, you're not just seeing a shirt on a page. Someone is giving you that context of like, hey, if, when I put this on and it says like model is 6'1 and 180 pounds, you can go, okay, I, I can I can see this as opposed to, I don't know what that sweatshirt's going to look like on, on a person that looks like me. 
see i well and maybe this is just uh of a function of not being the same general proportions as the model i think that's total horseshit <laughs> so well, like okay no, I, use not, a different i'm, I'm not saying i'm not cow. saying writ large but like you know you still in much in the same vein you still then order the pants and try them on and make sure they fit you correctly. And and if pants. not, and if not, what happens? You return them. Exactly. And that's what I wanted to get to is, the, to your example, the person who left the issue with a virtual apartment tour or anything like that, and maybe even cars, if you buy a car on one of those, those services mm-hmm. now, is... You know, we expect these big purchases and there are contracts and it's like, oh, there are things in there that are are in your favor. So it'll be okay. Nothing is as easy as like I got a phone case yesterday and the package was damaged and it didn't fit on my phone. So I get to return it. They're going to send me a new one and I'm going to return the other one as I wish. That's to me, even with context, even if someone is like, you know, Max, in your case, you knew somebody who lived in the house you're going to be in next or maybe there's furniture in it, you can't really return the apartment or, or the car in the same way. Yeah, I think that that is, it, like this is, it, it, it feels new with houses. Mm-hmm. Um, like from my, or maybe it's just because I grew up in a rural area, that was just the assumption that I had is that you had time to consider options and really feel things out and, decide what kind of offer you wanted to put on it um i don't i don't like, think that's like a i don't really think that's quite so much a rural thing it's just like a time thing right but like let's We're also time let's also stipulate that it probably should be easier for you to return a pair of pants than it is to return like a forty five thousand dollar car yeah. or or a house that you are committing to pay anywhere from you know Ten to thirty thousand dollars in rent for the year for depending on where you live but but that i think you know with the time aspect that assumes that you the reason it's harder to quote unquote return the house or the car is because you've done a lot of research and i think that you know kevin's experience with like here's where the house is here's how much it is are you interested like we are kind of in this this space now where it's almost expected that people are doing a lot less research or they're more impulsive and it's like oh you know it'll probably work out and and maybe that's maybe that's wrong but you know with max and and with me as well we were like it's like uh, you know we gotta pull the trigger like we know we have to get from point a to point b and there has to be a place for for us to be once we're there so i think it's you know that that's kind of what i think but on the front of like the research, I will say that a good job has been done in, in certain ways too. Like if you only have a virtual presence, um, there are places on the internet that, that do that research for you. Um, I recently experienced that when I am making hotel reservations internationally and you have places like TripAdvisor and um, you know Google Maps, stuff like that. And we have all these things that like for something like that, which is comparatively a very small purchase, there are people writing reviews all the time. There's feedback. There are books and everything else. And I feel like it's weird that with the, you know, when you're looking up a place to stay, like to rent, um, 
you know, like when we when we all lived in Arlington, for instance, it's like, how did you how did you figure out if the place was good to live or not? It was mostly word of mouth um, and and things like that, as opposed to like there are these communities where people are kind of giving you that context so that you can be confident when you're acquiring something virtually or, or being introduced to it virtually. Yeah, I think that or what I was going to ask you guys is going along this, I, I know I'm a bit more price sensitive uh, than a lot of people, but I, I never really got anything out of the tour other than like if the place smelled really bad, I would maybe get that. But hmm. again, you don't, you might not even be seeing the unit you're staying in, but I my choice was almost always based on location and price and like the size of the place. It had nothing like the the floor map would be as give me as much information as the the virtual tour and so i never found in-person or virtual tours to be particularly useful for apartments i mean i can assure you i am not price insensitive um but you know once you've zeroed in on like an acceptable sort of price range like for me it's not just like does it smell bad it's like can you see how big the dishwasher is? Can you see, you know, do you have an ancient washing machine? Um, like thing, things that will have a meaningful impact on your level of comfort and happiness in a place. Like I, I don't know. I, I think, I think that I get like, 80% of what I would need from like the basic information and like a floor layout if they have it. But I think the last 20 is really important, at least to me. Yeah. Hey, oh, go ahead, Max. I just, I think that's another thing where it's super different between like apartment buildings. Yeah. Or, or fresh, like newer construction and like older houses. Uh, in our most recent search, we were looking for a single family home. And so the, the, the spectrum was broad over like what that what that might look like in different parts of town um and some older houses are just like weird maybe their layout is weird and it's and it's hard to even gather that through the internet but like i don't know we saw a few through even just the pictures where you're like that doesn't make sense yeah uh as like a living space <laughs> and so i definitely like i you know I, we we're recording this we have not still not you know, we've signed a lease. We haven't seen it in person. We won't, we'll see it in a little under a month. And I hope that all goes well. And to Pierce's point, we did have a, uh, essentially a friend check it out for us or so. But I think that there's definitely things that you can get from a tour that you can't always get from the pictures. But I think I agree with Sean. It's probably like 80%. I mean, if you're going to the point where you're asking someone to give you a tour, you presumably like everything that you've seen so far be it the pictures the location the price the amenities and all that so those are like on paper it looks good is you know the saying is kind of the truth right it looks good on paper let's go make sure yeah. it's real and doesn't smell bad and the layout just kind of it has the right feel to it um we were also being a little more picky in the sense like i said it's a it's a single family home so we were we were considering buying a place decided not to for a various reasons but we still wanted a place that maybe felt more like home and that's such like a non-quantifiable thing that's different for everyone but i think that maybe that feels like home and 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 again you know we didn't need to sign a lease remotely and maybe we'll 
regret it. Hopefully we won't. It was it was it a smart decision on paper? No. Well, you didn't need to do that. <laughs> we probably should have looked at places in person. But um, well, but again, I don't know. You're you're renting a place, and that's very different than in buying, where it's not like oh, oh yeah. I I am investing in this place. Oh. It's like we know, we do have friends who purchased homes sight unseen in Bend. Well, that's that's a decision that they made, and I'm glad that you did not make. How about that? <laughs> well, and I, I can tell you as someone who went to renting a home, once you start getting enough stuff to fill up the home, you're like, man, I do not want to move. So you're basically, <laughs> you're basically locked in. <laughs> and, and to kind of come back to that is like, I felt like I was not just the, you know, this is just a year um uh, perspective with the virtual apartment viewing but also i have lived in enough apartments and been in enough apartments now that i have the, i have my own context my lived experience context but if you were if you were fresh out of school and you had basically lived with five other people for a number of years and you're getting your first uh, big person apartment um and you're doing all virtual tours which i'm sure the class of 2020 did uh, in droves if they didn't just move back in with their parents and remained there um like there's probably a lot of that going on and that was probably horrifying um and and maybe you know i i would be interested how that went for folks but yeah it's if you and same thing with you know the pants or you know whatever kind of like kitchen item you decide to buy off the the online emporium like with your lived experience you're able to take more risks um I, for instance, have not owned enough cars that I'd be like, a virtual car, fine with me. Right. And and to, to Kevin's point, like part of the reason that that's okay, it's more okay for you to do this sight unseen thing if you're like in your 20s and are fresh out of school is that like you are in a stage in your life where, you know, where where you live has essentially never been lower stakes and will never be lower stakes again because you if you have a shitty apartment for a year you can just move out at the end of your lease and you will have accrued that lived experience and it will help you find new places in the future it's different when you have a spouse or pets or kids or you know enough shit that you you should on paper have a spouse and or pets and kids to go with all of that stuff but yeah. like you know you you'll bounce back from a bad apartment when you're 22 in a way that a bad house purchase when you're like 34 will kind of fuck you up yeah you don't you don't want to have these two things going on with the purchase that you've made virtually market conditions being a concern or the fact that to make that purchase you had to borrow money from another entity with interest like if if that's in it like maybe don't do virtual um you know pants you know doesn't doesn't really fall into that category even though you then own them um but yeah uh, yes if you're if you are buying a place please make sure you see it and uh just don't don't wave the inspection don't oh. you really shouldn't wave the inspection uh yeah we'll we'll, we'll talk about that on a, a different time about just some things people have told me and and also flood insurance if that comes up run just leave it could be the most beautiful home leave leave 
Because oh, you know God. what the next two words you're gonna hear is flooding. Pump. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna yeah. It's yeah. Don't 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 do that. Yeah, it's good to good to walk through a, an apartment so that you can or house so that you can kind of picture in your head where you're gonna put your your rented juicer and whatnot. Well, and, and the bottom line there. And and Max, the most important thing why you need to see it in person is you need to see if the hot tub gets to a good temperature. And determine where you're going to park the BMW that you are now paying a monthly subscription fee to have heated seats for. Yes. It does help that uh, we have photo evidence that can't be shared on the podcast assuring us that the hot tub is real and can accommodate up to 17 individuals. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, that's right. too many people. <laughs> Sounds like a record that we need and to hopefully break. Hopefully, hot tub cleaning is included <laughs> in the lease. <laughs> oh God. Uh, um, on that note, yeah. On that note, let's let's wrap this up and and do Pierce's sorry. Um. Yeah. So I went to the gym a few weeks ago, and uh, the a an older gentleman while I was at the gym working out came and talked to me. And I am sorry to this person, and partially, and of course to myself as well. Are you sorry you was... didn't give him the ass whooping he deserved? <laughs> no, he actually um, uh, something like the person's in there working out, and he's he's kind of like I, I don't know how to explain it, but it, you wouldn't. I, he does not need to be beaten up. It's good that he's there. There's a lot going on, um, but he proceeded to have a conversation with me, and I should have like been like thanks and moved on but instead we had a very awkward conversation it's awkward for him and for me most of all because in a gym everybody has an opinion and then that guy gave me an opinion about how oh i shouldn't be doing those types of workouts because i i was someone who ran and i was like okay and i like had to defend myself which and i was like wearing a shirt that's that had like a race on it or something and so all of a sudden this instead of a nice conversation this guy is like challenging me and i mean he is probably medicare age he is older and i'm like can i just go back but i had entered i had allowed this conversation so in turn i had this bad interaction with him that was probably uncomfortable for him as it was for me and really just don't talk to people at the gym that is the solution you are never too old to get these hands <laughs> sounds like this guy was just trying to share his life experience if you go to the gym and tell someone that they're working out wrong one of you has to not leave the conversation it just, <laughs> well, just... with old people you, <clears throat> with old people you just tell them that you know they're right and they're so much smarter than you and then they'll They'll just make but that's their the thing. I was just asking them if they, the work out. So just ask them if they learned that from Dwight Eisenhower. Yeah, I, uh, Dwight Eisenhower could probably beat people up to to the day that he died, hundred percent. And if they came into the White House gym and told him that what he was doing was wrong, he would have. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. But yeah, I, just that was avoidable and it would have been rude but it was way worse for it to be awkward yeah understood um all right let's uh let's do a big idea from pop culture and uh this week i have a a podcast recommendation um 
there is a public radio reporter here in Richmond named Mallory No Pain, and she got a Fulbright scholarship to go to Germany uh, in 2020 and into 21 uh, and explore the idea of memory and how cultures atone for what you might call like societal sins germany a good country for that i've heard Uh, very much so so she spent you know this was in the immediate aftermath of george floyd's murder this was at a time when you know richmond was starting to get embroiled as the rest of you know central virginia was uh in controversies over what to do with confederate monuments and so she went and did this amazing reporting on sort of the the legacy of the holocaust in germany and then came back and produced a show uh that was part kind of narrative podcast with with her actual reporting both in germany and uh back here in richmond like going to the library of virginia and confronting uh, a need that she felt to do some research and figure out if she had any ancestors that owned slaves. Um, And part of the podcast uh, was her then sort of contextualizing and and unpacking that stuff with one of my colleagues at the Richmond Times-Dispatch, Michael Paul Williams, who won a Pulitzer in 2021 for his columns about... uh, removal of confederate monuments uh, and it turned into this excellent 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 uh five-part series called memory wars uh, that i would highly recommend it's you know uh, the total length of all of it is maybe like f- four hours um so it's it's very easily you know consumable i, I did it all in like two days pretty much mm-hmm. Um, and it just like, it really blew my hair back. It was, it's one of those things where it makes you uncomfortable, but like in a really good way. Um, it's very thought provoking and and beautiful. There's a a lot of, you know, there's an episode that, uh, goes into a lot of detail about the history of, uh, uh, something that is in Munich called, um, uh, I'm, I lost the German pronunciation, but they're called stumbling stones. It's basically little sort of memorials to the Jewish occupants of various places um, sort of put into, you know, brick and cobblestone streets uh, to memorialize where people lived before they were forced from their homes. Uh, So highly, highly recommend uh, listening to Memory Wars. Also, supporting public radio is good. So... Uh, All right, now that we've done that, we'll close the show with a Rolling Stone rock trivia question. Uh, And as determined before we started recording, this week's question is about Led Zeppelin. On what Led Zeppelin album does the song Houses of the Holy appear? Is it A, In Through the Outdoor, B, Led Zeppelin 3, C, Physical Graffiti, 
or D, houses of the holy? C. I'll uh, say D. Seems, say seems like the answer that makes sense. <laughs> I'm going to say A. Okay. One of you is correct. And that one of you is Kevin. Hey, it's not on Houses on the of the Holy. Uh, the song Houses of the Holy is on Physical Graffiti, which is... Uh, uh, it's, it's a collection of songs that were recorded during the sessions for all of their previous albums. Uh, mm. So yes, uh, good job. Is there Kevin. a question? Is there a question we've all missed before? Oh, I'm sure. Let let me go. Let's go to the tail of the tape. Uh, yes, the second one we ever did. <laughs> it took you exactly two questions to all get one wrong. Um, what I have nice. in my notes is that it was a question about Bob Dylan and JFK. <laughs> Uh, so who who knows so what that means? For that one. Uh, I'm sure I have long since thrown the piece of paper away. Uh, but yeah, uh, as it stands now, Pierce is, is still very much in the lead. Uh, he's batting 400, which I guess would would put him in the Rolling Stone Rock Trivia Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah, if 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 I were if I were a baseball team, you'd start you'd have to like trade away some of my wins because that's too much winning. <laughs> Yeah, trade you away in order to sell the team to someone else. Maybe Ted Leonsis. Who knows? Um, Kevin, you are in second place uh, at 30.8%. Uh, and Max, you are uh, lagging behind at uh, 7 for 24, which the, the computer tells me is 29 point something percent. So uh, still probably some time to, to catch up, but not a whole lot. Uh, so you may need to you may need to look into that. Not a whole lot for what? <laughs> Not a whole lot of time for you to catch up in this competition. Well, I think when does the competition end? When does the season end? I well, mean, when the calendar runs yeah, out. Yeah, it's a page day calendar. This you've forgotten why we did this. <laughs> so, context. I, you, <laughs> you would be absolutely forgiven for having forgotten why we did this. <laughs> Well, I think the way the standings are, so Pierce probably guesses correctly as often as Max and I guess correctly, but Pierce just happens to know 10% of them. Yeah, yeah. I, that's, that's and Max true. and I know 0% yeah. of them. It's a good point, yeah. but it's it's a hard argument I to make when Pierce essentially has as many correct answers as both of you combined. Nice. He just has, he has participated the most times. Yeah. My number one ability is availability, and that's that's what it's about. All right, uh, that's the end of the show. You can find us at our home on the web at www.prettyokpod.com or subscribe to the pod feed on your app of choice. We'll be back again next week to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Bye.